658, 2 minutes to 7. Welcome to Healing of the Heart Podcast, episode number 19. I thank you for joining us. Find myself in uncharted territory. Never felt so lost, never felt so lonely. Where are you, Lord? I'm so afraid I can feel the fear inside me. Can't control two minutes of starting time. Hi, Yolanda. Where are you, Lord? Can you hear me? How can I sing the Lord's song? Can you hear me okay? I sure can. Awesome. But how can I forget all you've done for me? Everything you've done, Lord, just to set me free. Teach me how to pray. Teach me how to praise. Even in the one minute till starting time. I love doing this podcast. And I always tell persons joining that I'm a singing therapist, Yolanda. So persons are used to that. <laughs> it's fine. I'm, I'm a, a little different teacher, here. So I understand. You do? Awesome. I'm a little different than when I'm like on the couch in the office. I'm I'm my other person that I have to tuck inside, but it's it shows up here in the podcast. So this is the space for it for sure. Ah, great. And I'm changing the tempo a little bit tonight, too, because I normally have, you know, maybe more or less Motown gospel kind of thing. But tonight's a little country. I decided to kind of put that genre in. I don't often play country music or country genre, so to speak. And I decided that I don't know who's listening because this podcast is um, quite a few different listeners all over. I'm like, I'm going to switch it up a little bit tonight. So this is a song by Don Moen. This is Don Moen. And the title of the song is Uncharted Territories. And let me tell you, I think that's quite fitting for our podcast this evening. 100%. I love it. Thank you. I love this song. I just, you know, when I have my uh, Apple Music, I like to just listen to different things. I'm like, oh, I like this one. Oh, I can use it for the podcast. This is one of them. Well, it's 701. I'm going to crank this down a little bit. And I'm just going to give us a round of applause. I like my little console here. I get to do different things with it. I get, you know, I get to do like the cheering. <laughs> I'm like a big kid on here when I do this podcast. I, I just kind of let loose and, you know, have fun. Um, different people join the podcast and definitely a lot of people are downloading this podcast. I get to, I try not to get too hooked to it. Um, I try to check it maybe once, like on a Sunday evening, and then I leave it alone to like Friday again. But I, I noticed that this podcast um, started like July of last year and it has over 50 something listeners with over 500 downloads. So I'm like, wow, I guess something special is happening. I think so. And I just want to say thank you for all persons who have listened, who have joined, who have supported, who have been engaged. It's really very meaningful to me and to each other. So thank you so much. (laughs) So I'm so excited to be here. You know, every two weeks, um, so I do a podcast every two weeks, not every week. Why? Because I try to be meaningful about what we talk about. And I try to give persons, you know, time to download and listen and give feedback. And so I don't do a podcast every week and I don't want to just do a podcast, just do a podcast. It's always something meaningful for me and from me. So this is um, done every two weeks. It's bi-weekly. And, you know, most times, you know, I do by myself or, you know, sometimes, you know, we have guests recently. We've had quite a few guests on this podcast. And this evening we have Yolanda Duque. Please help me welcome Miss Yolanda. Yay! I love it. So before I introduce Miss Yolanda, I figure let me just kind of give um, always some disclosures and uh, disclaimers. So, you know, this podcast, 
really ranges in different topics. And some of the topics are really, really tough. In fact, you know, I looked on one of the topics that we did, grief, you know, grief, what it does, but what you can do. That had the least amount of downloads. <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> it had the least. It's a tough topic. It really is, you know. Um, some of the other downloads that had, I would say, um, you know, low engagement was one about a conversation between a girl and a dad. That was me. That was a tough podcast. And, you know, it had, you know, it had some interesting downloads. I guess I'm only referencing that just to kind of make the point that the podcast can be tough. But so what this podcast is, it's a place where you find healing and you get to do that. You know, we, we do it together, but definitely you take accountability for your own healing. So here in this podcast, we create a safe space, and that's a big deal. And I always say, you know, whether I'm in my office, on the couch, or I'm sitting, you know, behind my mic, it's still important that we create a safe space for listeners. So I always say, hey, a couple of things. This podcast is not for everyone. It's not, because we discuss topics that can be triggering. And here's the deal. When I was in graduate school 17 years ago, I was told, and it's true, literature continues to prove that you can never not trigger someone. It's just, it's just not possible. But what we can do is, uh, you know, put measures in place that if you are, you know, triggered, what you can do. So one of the things I say with this podcast is not, it's not for everyone. All right. So sometimes look at the topic. You might not want to listen tonight or you might just want to wait till the podcast is over. You can download that. And in the comfort of your own space, you can listen and, you know, do different things that can help you to listen through it. And, you know, like I always teach persons, I mean, nowadays, I mean, we're very, very familiar with doing breath work. We're familiar with, you know, um, taking a walk outside. We're familiar with do meditation, stretches. So there are different things that can help to move negative emotions through. And I always take the time to mention that up front because I want to be caring. One of my code of ethics, we have to do the least amount of harm. And that's still a responsibility for me, even on this podcast. So that may not be for you. But what it's not, though, so that's one of the things that it's not. The second thing that it's not is not a place where you point fingers because Blaming is not healing, and I always reference that because it's true. Okay, I've been doing this for a while, and even one of the poems in my book, um, you know, blaming is not healing, um, that seems to be one of a lot of people's favorite um, is that poem because it's not. Because if you continue to point fingers, then you're not creating space, number one, for you to be curious about anything, for you to look at it, and then to have space and options for you to do something about it. So this podcast is not about blaming people. Yes, we hold persons accountable for things that have happened, but then what else do you do with that? That's what this podcast is about. What else do you do with that? So that's what this podcast is not pointing fingers, but obviously leads right into what it is, is creating space for you to heal, creating space for you to be vulnerable, creating space for you to be accountable so you can have options so you can heal. So what this podcast is about. And with that, I always take a deep breath and say, <sighs> there it is. If you listen to this podcast, you know I do this at the front all the time. So if that was you for the first time listening, I'm glad you heard it. And those of you who listen all the time, you can just bypass this, okay? But with that said, I'm going to just pause here a little bit and um, just kind of introduce, well, allow Miss Yolanda to introduce herself. And once she does that, we're going to take a little break. I'll play some of your music, and then we'll come back and just kind of chit-chat and just kind of jump right into the topic. So Miss Yolanda, you want to go ahead? Sure. Thank you so much for having me on, Keisha. This is such a pre pleasure and a privilege to be on such a welcome and a safe space for um, people to come on and just listen and grab some nuggets and hopefully apply them to their everyday lives. So thank you so much for having me. I am Yolanda Duguay. I am a wife. I am a mom. I am an educator. I am an entrepreneur, um, a teacher, you name it, I do it. And most importantly, I am a woman of faith. I am a woman of purpose. And my goal is to leave my footprint on this world in such a way that people were left better because they experienced me. So that is who I am. I aim to be the woman that I was created to be. And sometimes that takes me back to who I was growing up and really myself through that journey to become the woman that I desire to become from here until my time is expired. I love that. I mean, you covered so much already. Oh my gosh, I should just give you the mic. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> awesome. I'm a little echoey. Hang on one second. Okay. I'm a little echoey. I can hear that the feedback. 
Um, do I sound echoey to you? A little bit, yeah. How about now? Hmm. I'm not sure what's Still happening. a little echoey, but I'm not sure. Let me turn this down a little bit. Happening, why it's oh. going on? But I still, I, I didn't hear it at first. Mm -hmm. But, but now I do hear it. It sounds a little better. I turned out. I just fixed my monitor, so we're good. Okay. Yeah, okay. that's awesome. So yeah, thank you so much for that introduction. Um, I appreciate you being on here. You know, I have to be honest. I always bear my soul on here. I was a little bit nervous coming on to the podcast this evening. I don't know what it is, but I was nervous tonight. And typically I just roll in, you know, and I just, you know, I, I just, I just do my thing. I don't know what it is today, but I'm a little nervous guys. And if you can't tell, I'm telling you right now, I'm a little nervous, but wow. Thank you so much for coming on this evening. And, um, I'm looking forward to what we will end up talking about. I'm looking forward to the support that you'll provide um, to moms um, going back to school um, with their children. Mm -hmm. And as you well said, you're a mom, you're a wife. And so that, and that's me too. So I'm glad we're, we're able to support each other on this podcast. I mean, there's several, a lot, there's a lot of podcasts out there, but each one I believe has its purpose. And, and so does this one. And I don't know, I remember, um, you know, like my daughter's 13, getting ready to go back to school. And I remember feeling a lot frazzled um, when she was younger. So I'm pretty sure there are moms out there that perhaps are in my shoes right now or having younger ones. And, um, you know, just having your background, Yolanda, and I love your name, by the way. I mess it up all the time. And you're so gracious not to correct me. I say Duque. And tonight I heard you say Yolanda Duque. And I'm like, oh, that's what it is. And so... <laughs> It's okay. It happens so often now. Sometimes I correct. Sometimes I just go with it. But either way, I know you mean well. So it's no offense taken so on much. that. Thank you. So yes, I'm looking forward to um, what we'll end up talking about. Um, and I'm, I just can't wait because you know you're a mom, you're a wife, you're an educator. You're you're a lot of um, support. You provide a lot of support to your family and to persons outside of you. So I'm really looking forward to our conversation. But I'm going to pause here a little bit and allow other persons to join, maybe get a cup of tea, like I always say, or get whatever, your water, your, we're in South Florida, your lemonade or your iced tea. That is so not nice, but it's true. That's what we drink down here now. And with these, you know, high degree temperatures, man, we need something. I'm going to play a little bit of uh, Samuel Madas. Um, he's one of my favorite guys. He's from, I always get this wrong. I think he's from Guyana. And it's a little bit of reggae tonight. So we're going to play that. Trying to work out the in-between Remember your passion Remember your drive Remember how you felt inside Remember when you felt you could conquer the world And the mountain was too high But now the storms have passed your way What you gonna do? What you gonna do? And the sun didn't shine today are you getting your you're getting your beverage, Yolanda? I hear you chuckling in the background doing something. Are you there? Hello? Did I lose yes, you? Yes, I'm here. No, I'm still here. I'm sorry. I pressed the mute button by accident. <laughs> oh, that's all right. Yeah, so that was a little bit of Samuel Madas. Sometimes persons ask me, they say, who was that person singing? I'm like, maybe I said it too fast. So I like to always kind of introduce the persons that I'm playing, of course, giving credit because it's not my music. And I know that's important to do. But I was a little bit of uh, Samuel Madas from Guyana. He says, what you going to do when things are hard? What are you going to do? So anyway, let's continue, Yolanda. So jump in. I was just, um, you know, mentioning earlier, really just being honest about, I remember, like, when it's back to school, I'll be honest, when, when May 31st hits, I'm the most excited mom on the planet. I'm the most excited. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, it's not dropping off. It's not doing aftercare. I'm just being honest. It's, you know, not getting this for the project for school. And it's, it's so many things. And, and let's be honest, like when I was going to school, when you were going to school, it was nothing like this. I mean, I remember when I was, I was going to school, of course, I'm from Antigua Bay, Jamaica. I mean, I, I have some education, you know, across the waters and some here. But I remember in my formative years that you had, you know, you had your book list and you got the book list done. Your parents, your parents went to the store, bought the book, and we used to have to wrap our books because our books are like gold. You have to protect the books. So we used to wrap our textbooks and 
you know, you had everything prepared and you weren't taking stuff to the classroom. Everything that you needed went with you on the first day of school. There was no meeting teachers. I mean, because, you know, I grew up in a very rural situation, so everybody knew everyone. There's no need to do meet and greet. And, and, and you know, it was the arithmetic that we did. It, everything was just general, for, to, 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 to call it for less of better words. I mean, now it's like when, I, when I, my kids were going to school, I had to meet the teachers and... Then you have to have curriculum night, and then they're going to tell you. I, I was just overwhelmed. Am I painting a picture of how I felt? Am I, I, is that coming across, Yolanda? Yes, it is. I can feel it. Tell me. Tell me more. Tell me, tell me how that came across. What, what did you it. sense? It, it definitely comes across as overwhelmed, stressed out. This is not an easy time of the year for parents and it, it really isn't in reality you were not wrong in how you felt because it really does feel like that it's all of that it is I, every I mean, single thing that you just said oh that God. that's it <laughs> you know and then you have to log the supplies in and you know i mean i had a couple of kids you know so it's not like i have just one you know you have to go to that classroom then you have to come back to that classroom and, you know, and, you know, I wasn't always a married mom. You know, I was a single mom for a, a portion of my life. And so that was overwhelming. So this is why, you know, it's interesting. When I posted this topic um, on different social media platforms, one woman said, I love this. No, two. Well, I think three women said, this is a great topic. This is a great topic. This is a great topic on the Facebook. I was like, so that, that just lets me know that people need support. And, you know, in, in times like like, I mean, we're, I mean, nobody wants to say it, but we're in a financial like downturn. Would you not agree with that? I agree totally. You know, so totally. you have the financial concerns, you know, you have the logistics, the nuances. So I'm going to pause here because I can really keep talking. But I want you to kind of share maybe more or less. How did you feel when, because I mean, your kids are, well, let's, let, well, I'll let you talk about your children and, you know, perhaps your experience as a, from the mom side of things when you have to do back to school. I'll let you do it, mm -hmm. deal with that. Okay. Well, you know, I am a, I am a mom of two adult children. Um, my oldest is 24. He just turned 24 a couple of weeks ago. And my, thank <laughs> you. And my daughter is 19. And so they're both out of school and have some college experience. So it's a little different for me now. However, most of my teaching career, they were in school. As a matter of fact, my son was in first grade and my daughter was in, uh, she was in pre-K too. So as a mom, it was an extremely stressful time of the year for me. Even though they went to school with me, there were still things that needed to be purchased, their school supplies, their uniforms, their um, lunch uh, stuff, their snacks and lunch boxes and all of those things that come along with the start of the school year. So here I am, not only an educator trying to get my stuff together for the classroom, but my first priority was my children and making sure that they had what they needed and that we were starting off on a good foot. And back then, I was teaching at a private school, so I wasn't making any money over the summer. I didn't get paid summers. So here I was working little summer camp jobs and things like that, trying to uh, make ends meet with my husband working. And we were two young parents. I was in my 20s, and so um, I really just had this overwhelming feeling starting about now, like around the end of July, when I knew it was about time <laughs> for it to start work, and I knew it was about time for tax-free weekend, and I, I, it seemed like I never had money when it was tax-free weekend <laughs> to get the things that I needed, or enough money to be able to get to get those deals, so to speak. And so it was so overwhelming. It was so nerve wracking. And I was worried like, okay, I really need to make sure that they have at least this, this, and this. So then I started to kind of um, prioritize what was needed and what was something that we could get along the way. And so as a mom, I was always concerned about them starting school with no anxiety. I let that fall on me, not them. So I didn't want to pass on the fact that I was feeling 
somewhat overwhelmed by the whole back to school experience, but I wanted them to be excited about going to school. Here I am, I'm trying to protect their feelings and to protect my energy release onto them and really just keeping it at a level where it was like, okay, guys, we're going to do this, this, and this. And we cut corners. And luckily my children weren't very picky back then. So as they grew older, it got a little bit more stressful, but during their elementary years and pre-K years, they were pretty easygoing. They were okay with whatever shoes I bought or, and they were in uniform. So it wasn't as bad. And thankfully when they were in private school, there were certain colors that the grade levels had to wear. So K through second wore one specific color. So my son had shirts that were lightly used and, and he could use those. And they also had a, um, a little, I guess, kind of like a little consignment where you could purchase gently used items for a fraction of the cost. So those things are really lifesavers uh, for me so they could wear some of the stuff that they had last year. And then I just kind of bought a few more items, you know, for them to start. But I always felt like this was probably one of the worst times of the year for me because I knew that they needed a lot from me. Not only did they need a lot of material items to start school, but they just needed comfort. They they were going into a new grade, new teacher, you know, all of these things. And I just wanted to make sure that it was a smooth transition for them. So I think a lot of it comes from the fact that we want to protect our children as well. So we try to be as informed, as proactive as possible in order to prevent them feeling slighted when they start school. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I mean, Wow. I mean, there's so much that you just said. There's so much. And I can relate to you there. I mean, seriously, like it's like when you when you talked about um, the tax free weekend, it always seems to hit when, you know, it's not payday. And that's true. I mean, I can definitely relate. And I'm a lot of moms out there can relate. As a matter of fact, towards the end of the podcast, I'm also going to share different resources that's in Palm Beach County right now that has back to school supports. I'm not sure if you have any to, you know, give out to others, but I definitely know a few like um, that I'll mention towards the end of the podcast. But definitely, um, you also touched on how they need supports. And that's true because kids need help to manage their emotions. And, you know, whether we be, like whether we like it or not, and like you're saying, you know, you don't want them to, you know, feel the brunt of your emotions. But I got to tell you, though, uh, Yolanda, they feel it. <laughs> Kids are very, they, you know, they're very sensitive and uh, they pick up on, you know, nowadays, 21st century, we we use the word uh, energy, but they do pick up on our emotions quite a bit. And so they do feel um, the stress, some of it, that's what we're, what we're feeling. And so, you know, again, when one of the things I'm going to talk about towards the end also is how parents can manage their emotions. Because if you're, if you, if you're more skillful at managing your own emotions, then you can definitely be definitely in a right place to help them manage their emotions. Cause that's what happens oftentimes is that as parents, we're not able to manage our emotions. And before you know it, we're taking it out on them indirectly or inadvertently, not even realizing. And school time is a definite time when I see this happening. So yes, definitely. What are some yeah, things that, very go ahead. No, I'm sorry. No, I was just saying, I'm sorry to cut you off. But no, I was just saying it's definitely a very crucial time. I, my son um, works in a, a shoe store. And even he comes home sometimes and he's like, especially over the summer, I guess people are trying to get an early start. And he's like, I just can't believe, you know, how how um, people talk to their small kids. And, you know, even he sees the pressure Mm. and the stress in the stores with the children, how the parents are like, you know, basically just they have their level of patience is, is worn thin and I don't know what they're going through, you know, before they got there or while they're there, but he's like, he even sees it as an employee at a, at a store where people bring their children to get shoes. And, and, you know, you see parents kind of yelling or, or talking kind of harshly to their children because it's stressful. It, it is just stressful when times are tough and, you know, you got to go do these things and, you know, maybe just things just not panning out the way you want. It happens, you know, and we're all guilty of those moments where we're not our best selves for our children. But um, I do know that 
as moms, we definitely have to give ourselves the grace that we give others, you know, and we decide that we're going to, you know, be, you know, cautious around our children, but we also have to be cautious with ourselves and give ourselves grace and, 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 and and help the children to understand what it is that is happening. I used to tell my children when they got older and they got a little bit more pickier, I would say, okay, listen, um, this is how much money we have to spend on school stuff. And you get to pick how you want to spend your money. That's so great. That's a great, that's a great tip. You, great you tip. have $200 or whatever the amount was, you have 200 or whatever the amount we said that we could afford for the both of them at the time, you have this amount. You can go get a $100 pair of Jordans. You can get a $200 pair of Jordans if you want. But mm-hmm. that will be up to you because it's your money to spend. I'm not going to tell you what to get, what not to get. I'm going to allow you to do that. And so when when they got old enough to do that, and I would put the money in their hands, and they would, we, I would go to the store with them. And if they wanted me to walk around with them, I would or I would be in the vicinity and my daughter would call me over and my son would call me over to come look at this or look at that and look at the price and whatever. I'm like, hey, the jeans are $40. You want them? Get them. You just got to <laughs> subtract that from your amount. And so <laughs> what ended up happening was they, my children didn't want to spend their own money, right? They would <laughs> rather, oh, well, I'll just get these five shirts because they're, you know, X amount of dollars a piece. So that's going to be $50 <laughs> and I'll just get these. They started to negotiate the pricing of the items that they wanted and what was important and what was not important to them when it was time for them to spend their money. Because, of course, they want to have some money left over. They don't want to spend all of their money. But now if it was my money. They would have grabbed and just start throwing things in the cart or throwing things over the shoulder. (laughs) Like, I want this, I want that. And so when we started to incorporate that, it was a game changer. It definitely kept me at a place where I know this is my limit. So Mm -hmm. if you only Mm -hmm. have one outfit to wear for the whole week or whatever time period, that will be up to you. And then later on, as the school year progresses, I always try to pick up little things here and there for my children anyway, so that mm-hmm. they would, if they messed up something or grew out of something, they would always have. But that initial school shopping, back to school shopping mm-hmm. agenda always included, once they were old enough to understand money, that this is your amount, spend it how you want, but just know from this time to this time, this may be all you will get until the next time we go to the store to purchase something. And and now I can say that both of them in their adult ages are really very particular about how they spend their money. So, wow. And so, Ooh. it is really um, something that helped us, helped mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Um, during that time of the year, because now I'm not in a position where I am just kind of going overboard and spending because this is what they want. This is what they want. That's what they want. Um, it was there for their school clothing and shoes. Now the supply part of it, we did like budget for that, but their, their clothes and their backpacks and whatever little trinkets and accessories that they wanted that came out of their money oh wow i like that idea because you know what so it sounds like you're managing helping them to manage their own expectations and also helping to manage your expectations and not causing yourself to be overwhelmed so you 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 set a boundary there this is what we can do and you know that's really cool though because you're setting a boundary for yourself and you're teaching your kids how to set financial boundaries too And that's important because when we set boundaries, then we reduce our stressors. We reduce, you know, unrealistic expectations. And we sort of kind of, um, I don't know, we kind of set the bar for, you know, we we reduce the things that can go wrong, essentially. And that's what we're talking about is, you know, making sure we can mitigate things that can go wrong. Because here it is, we can't control everything. But it sounds like what you're saying is there's some things that you can control for back to school so it doesn't have to be so stressful, it sounds like. 
Yes, that's exactly what. And it came out of me just understanding that I knew I didn't have everything that I wanted to be able to give them. But if they understood that this is what I'm mm-hmm. giving you, and maybe some children in your same peer group may or may not even have this, this is what you have, and this is what you have to work with. And and to me, it gave them a little bit of empowerment. Children like to have money in their hands. Absolutely. They love that. And they don't want to, and when they usually get it in their hands, they don't want to send it. <laughs> so right? I have taught them to budget a little bit and it saved me a little bit. It was still stressful because then we went over the, okay, well, well what do I, and my daughter's very, was very indecisive at the time. <laughs> so it was like, oh, well, I don't know. And what do you think? My son was pretty easy, but my daughter, it was still going to be some sort of, you know, fight about something. We still managed to get, this is what, this is what it is. This is how it's going to be. And, you know, we can figure it out along the way. And I want to offer to moms to just understand that you don't have to get everything at one time. You don't have to go to a text free weekend if you can't do it. It's okay. You know, if you if you start small and buy a couple of shirts and they can still wear the jeans from or the pants from the year before, like it's okay to start Mm -hmm. small and just gradually you know, I used to watch my grandmother who was um, a maid and she only made probably $30 a day. Right. And I used to ask her, I used to ask her, well, why do you go grocery shopping every day? Because every day she would go to the store to cook whatever was going to be cooked for dinner or maybe the next day. And I always wondered why, but that was her way of being able to purchase what was needed with what she had. So we never went to the grocery store. Like my friends went to the grocery store once a week. Mom spent, let's say a hundred dollars in food. And we, here we were, she was going to the store every day, maybe spending 20 bucks a day or whatever. Um, And so in my head, it was like, why don't you just go and get it for the week? Not understanding, you know, that she was only making this amount of money per day. And so she stopped off to get whatever she was going to prepare to go with whatever meat we had in the fridge or whatever veggie or starch we had in the fridge. There was going to be a meal cooked, but in, I didn't, in my head, it just didn't make sense. But now it makes sense to me that if that's where you are, then do it that way. I can Absolutely. only get you a shirt this week or a pair of pants this week or, you know, whatever. Or as the school year progresses, you know, buy you things throughout. We'll start you out with the basics and then we'll add on as we go. And so with that being said, I think moms can find a little bit more relief with mm-hmm. that terms of spending and just being overwhelmed by getting what kids want and what's in style and what's trending now on TikTok and everywhere else. But Mm -hmm. just offering that space to say to your children, hey, um, I'm going to get you a few things. And then, you know, and then as the school year progresses, of course, you're going to get a little bit more to kind of help you through the year. And of course, I know there's back to school drives and things like that, that are also happening all over. But um, yeah, just really give, do what works, because there's pressure to perform on every level. Oh my goodness. Uh, on every scene, there's pressure <laughs> to do. Oh, you hear your friends talking about. I heard one of my girlfriends the other day say, "Oh, we we we're done school shopping." I was like, "Wow, that's awesome," you know. But then that could make some other mom feel guilty about not being done. You know, exactly. And that's exactly where I want us to go is to talk about. You know, what do you see among your peers and perhaps other women? Uh, what are they saying or doing about this? That's exactly right. Keep talk. I want you keep going there. That's a what lot, I want to talk a about. A lot of a lot of um, like one of a friend girl was telling. Me, oh, they're done. And to me, um, as a mom who was never done early, <laughs> that would have exactly. made me feel some kind of way. You know, that right. would have made me feel a little bit inadequate that I wasn't able to be done early. Mm-hmm. And and it's great to be done early. There's no, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but sometimes it feels like it's a badge of honor to be done. Or oh, I, I'm 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 done with my school shopping. 
you know, but how does that make the mom in your friend group feel that hasn't done or doesn't have, or maybe she's not able to even communicate that she doesn't have to be able to be done, you know? So um, in my peer group, it's been, you know, across the board, some women are, you know, they're done early or some of them are catching, waiting for the back to school sales. Some of them are just, but it, but the entire time, whether you're done early or whether you are going piece by piece, it's still an overwhelming thing because you know, it's something that has to be done and you don't want to disappoint your children at the end of the day. You know what? I, I can't say anything else there. I can't. I can't. And you know, as you were talking, I just, I put myself in, I just, I just imagine myself um, being part of some groups too, some of my peers over the years that have made those comments. And I too have felt inadequate. And I felt like I'm not a good enough mom. Like I literally have felt that way, you know, mm -hmm. or, you know, and, and times in times past also, I've just been tired. I mean, let's just face it. I've just been like tired or overwhelmed. And I remember like when my kids were younger, you know, my husband's a builder. And so I help, you know, I help him a lot, you know, with his, with his, you know, I'm like, his, I call myself his secretary, um, you know, and I, I, I do a lot behind the scenes. Not many persons know that, um, but it's true. And I find myself sometimes at the end of the week, I'm just tired. I'm just flat out tired. And I had three little ones, you know, to go to school. Uh, my son, James, he's now 21. Uh, let me see, uh, Kyra, she's uh, 17. She's starting Palm Beach State this fall. And Elizabeth, hey, she's 13. Congrats. Thank you. Um, she's she's in Western Pine. She's in a pre-med program. And uh, I have to admit, I'm just now going shopping this weekend. Yep. I mean, mm -hmm. I just, it's been very busy. We've been going through a lot of transitions at home. My son just moved to, I mean, it's just been so many things going on. And I do hear some people, well, I, girl, I've been done since June. And I'm like, mm -hmm. uh, school just got out in June. Like, I was happy just to get a breath. What are you saying? You know, my daughter played soccer too. So, I mean, twice a week I was on the field leaving my Boca office to come get her or to meet my husband on this. I mean, it's just on and on and on and on. So there are a lot of things that moms that we do. And before you know it, the time is just like, it, the time is here for this stuff to get done. And you're just like, if it's not the finances, it's the time or... It's just, it's just a lot going on. And like you said, you know, there's pressure to perform on so many fronts and it's ridiculous, honestly. And tonight I just want the both of us to continue, continue to declare that we don't have to perform to any standards. And I love that word in my work. We call that normalizing. You know, there's so many norms about this and norms about that, but then we have to stop and ask questions. Who's norming these things? Right. You know, who's, who's norming this? And a lot, if you really step back and ask that question, you think about it, what's the source of these people saying that? I mean, are they saying I'm done because they're proud that they're done? Or is it, because, I mean, sometimes I'm not, I'm being honest, like why would someone say that? Is it because they're proud that they're done or they just want people to know that they're done or because, or they just want someone to feel bad that they're done. So that, then that makes, that leaves me in a place where I'm also careful about what I say when I'm done. You know what right. I mean? Because, and, you know, so that it just, it really causes us to be careful about these things. You know, I mean, it's so funny. I remember some parts of the scripture that talks about, you know, um, don't go bragging about what you have. Because um, I guess back in the ancient days, back in Rome, you know, the rich would go into the, to the temple and they would brag about what they have. And the poor people, they have nothing to brag about, you know. And I say to myself, you know what, the times we're living in, they're no different. They're not much that they're not much different, you know, so we have to be careful about the things that we're saying, you know, because honestly, we do have moms. Hey, how about that mom in the midst where maybe she's not even able to control her money because the husband controls the money or I mean, and those situations are still real. Let's put it out there. I mean, I see people on my couch every day. OK, that stuff is real where a woman is only allowed to do this or that and the third. And when it comes down to the money, she's not allowed to do that. Okay. So we really have to be sensitive to, um, I mean, to, to, to each other, you know what I mean? Um, I don't know. I get worked up over it because I, you know what? I'll be honest. Pause here for a second. I got to tell you in the last two weeks, in the last two weeks, Yolanda, I have seen an increase in uh, families coming for therapy and I've seen an increase in women 
just a big increase. And especially um, around the time of back to school, I've seen there's an uptick um, in requests for services. And I'm not surprised. And here's the sad part I have to say. Uh, about 20% of the persons who are requesting services do not afford therapy. They don't. They don't. They don't. Or they have insurances that I don't accept. And more and more, I find that I'm turn people away. And that breaks my heart because this time of the year, you don't want to be turning people away because moms need support. And this is a good time for me to say, uh, not even a good time, this is an appropriate time for me to say, just to remind others who are listening to this podcast that we are transitioning to a nonprofit. So New Beginning Healing Institute is transitioning to a DBA Healing of the Heart nonprofit because we recognize the need for, you know, women, I can't tell you, I had so many calls in the last month and I've been keeping track of the women that I've been turning away or just giving them, you know, um, resources elsewhere. And they'll, they'll quickly tell me, oh, I already called that number. Oh, I already did that. They have a waiting list. That breaks my heart. Uh, and, and from there, you know, so for the past month or two, it's been really sitting in my heart. You know what? Maybe I need to just, you know, push a little bit more, transition to a non And, you know, I'll be honest, I never wanted to be a nonprofit. I never did. I worked in Palm Beach County for years, right? I worked in government. I've done nonprofit. And I see what it's like. And I didn't like it so much, which is why I came into private practice. And I always said, I don't want to become like that. I don't want to be another entity with a name that does nothing. You understand? But I'm realizing that if, if I want to help more, I, this is something I kind of have to become but I, I, I hmm, what's the word I'm looking for? I am committed to not being just another entity. I'm committed to still practicing the way that I am now, but under the auspice of a nonprofit. So yeah, so in, in summary then, we're talking about still supporting women, still supporting moms. And I'm sad to say that, I mean, moms need a lot of support today. We're in a financial downturn. It's back to school. I mean, and teens, and that's another uptick I've seen. I've seen an increase in services for teen girls. So maybe talk about that. Tell me more about, or tell us more about back to school and perhaps, you know, when moms are perhaps not being supported. Um, what sort of, you know, reactionary um, behaviors are you seeing with moms and children during this time of the year? Maybe you can speak about that. During this time of the year, most of the moms are just, what I've seen as an as a teacher is that, the moms, it almost seems like when you see them, it's mm-hmm. like they're just as as uh, the old adage is running with like a chicken with their head cut off. It's just like see? you could just mm-hmm. see them kind of coming in. They're out of breath. They're jug- juggling the children. Wow. They forgot this at home. They forgot that. Can I bring this tomorrow? It's more, it's just like a rat race. Like they're just running, 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 running. And it's no end. It's like, where do I find relief? Ooh, I can drop the kids off. That's the relief. But now I got to come back <laughs> 10 times to the school because I left, I left the last time. Or I forgot Jesus. to put this in there. Or I forgot. So, or the children are coming to school with wrong, you know, the shoes on the wrong foot or whatever it is. The parents, <laughs> the moms especially, they just seem like they're just running, 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 running. Like, you know how you leave your car running and it just starts revving up. That's how it, that's how they look to me. And I almost want to say, just sit down, just chill. Like, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Like, seriously, it's okay. And I'm not in the classroom anymore, but I'm just thinking about it. I would have probably handled it a lot differently now because I understand. But just looking at them, it's like, here, just you want a bottle of water? You look like you haven't had a drink today, like a bottle, a drink of water today. Sit down, cool off, go back out. You know, and we live in different times, so you can't even do that in schools anymore. But just coming in, like like you talked about earlier, the meet and greet. I would have parents literally out of breath because they run in from, you know, one class and, you know, I got one in first grade. I got one in second grade. I got one in third grade. And I got to go to this teacher and that teacher and this teacher. And I got to go check out the school lunch thing. And I got to go check out the bus pass and the aftercare. And it's like a whole Olympic sporting event 
just to get your child in school and you can just make sure that you crossed every T and dotted every I in this whole back to school situation. So I've seen it and it's not, it's not, we've accepted it as the norm. Um, even though we uh-huh, shouldn't be, uh-huh, we've uh-huh. accepted that as the norm. We've accepted that even as moms ourselves, we've accepted mm. that if we run around at, you know, like we don't have a clue of what's going on in the world, that that's okay for the moment because we it's back to school. You know, it's back to school. And I'm just, I'm just trying to, you know, and really it's just like, chill, it's okay. Like the, the kids will be fine. You're going to be fine. And I'm running here and I'm running there. And now that I I, I tutor children, I see it the same. Hmm. They're coming from bringing their kids to get tutored to going to football practice, going to piano lessons, going to cheer practice, doing it. And it's just like... What do you oh think drives gosh. all of this? What do you think drives this? Is it is pressure to perform? What do you think? Is this this norming the, again? What drives it this? It is the norming, this pressure to mm. perform, that mm. our children have to constantly be busy, that we have to constantly be busy, that there always has to be something on, that there's no way that we could possibly not be um a great parent if our children aren't in 50,000 things or if we're not involved in everything that they're involved. So it's this pressure to perform. I think a lot of it, to be honest, has to do with social media. Um, Mm -hmm. I love social media, but I do think it puts on a lot of pressure to perform. And, you know, people have been doing extracurricular things with their children for years. So that's nothing new. But Mm -hmm. I feel like in this day, and this moment in this time that we are so overstimulated that we don't even know when to pump the brakes and say, you know what, let's scale back a little bit. Maybe you can only do one activity this time or mm-hmm. maybe let's take off the spring and you could just do the fall or something to set, like you said, set those boundaries. And so because the, the parents, the moms are running, 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 it um, it's the norm. It's like, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to be running around. I'm supposed to be overwhelmed. I'm supposed to be, I'm mm-hmm. supposed to be broke this time of year because I got to get this for my kids. I got to get that. They want to be able to perform for other moms, for their mm-hmm. children, maybe prove a point to their families. Um, maybe it's their friend groups, maybe it's social media. I don't know, but there's such a pressure to perform now more than even when my children were in school. And because of women are extremely overwhelmed and overstimulated. And because they're they're Mm -hmm. stretched so thin. Mm -hmm. And now it's like when they finally get a moment to really think about where they are, what what's happening. It's like, oh my God, this is not okay. Or I, they start to feel it. I was telling a friend last night that these last couple of weeks um, have been very heavy um, for a lot of people. And mm. she was saying the same thing. It was very heavy for her. And I said, it's just a turn of the year. We're, we're coming toward the end of the, the year and it's back to school. It's eighth month almost of the year. You probably feel like you haven't checked the goals that you set in January. So there's some unnecessary pressure on ourselves that we put on ourselves. It's been a lot, these last couple of weeks have been heavy. However, as you transition to you're in the last quarter of the year, you got to think about what you've done so far. And you mm-hmm. have to be able to say, as even as moms, what did I do from January to now? I kept them alive. They were clean. They had clothes to wear. They had, <laughs> you know, all of those things. Give yourself, that's a win. They made it, it to the next grade. I got them help or, mm. you know, whatever. You get Celebrate those wins because as you go through the rest of the year, it's not going to get easier so you got to stop and be like, you know what? I did do that. Or we did get through this. Or we did have a moment where, you know, there was some calm. And give yourself the grace. And there's no reason to put any unnecessary. And that's what I told her last night. There's no reason to put 
any unnecessary stress on yourself because it's going to show up in your body and it's going to show up in your body and you're not going to know why this is hurting and that is hurting and there's a lump here and there's this there because stress is showing up in your body so you don't want to do that so that your health breaks down now you really can't be there for your children you really can't go to work you really can't earn any money so think about that to moms who are listening stress shows up in your body and when your health is down and your children are depending upon you it's going to be even more overwhelming so give yourself grace give yourself grace wow man i tell you what as you were talking i am listening and you know this is like i can't it's just so authentic how you're coming across because it's true i mean again you're talking and i can just put myself in the midst of, um, you know, those uh, examples that you gave, you know, like, yeah, I can relate to that. I can relate. And I'm pretty certain the other listeners can relate to that too. And, you know, something else came to, came to mind. I need to remember to register my, my daughter for her bus. So moms, if you're out there, cause you know, as Yolanda was talking about remembering to do this and that, and honestly, I got the text message. That's another thing. School really has changed with a bunch of emails and text messages. I have to tell you, I am inundated with the text messages um you know from the school or um the the calls and 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 the updates i mean when i was when my kids were younger because my last daughter is 13 but when my other kids i didn't get all these calls about you know check this and go online for this everything came home in a book bag all the updates came home in a book bag on a piece of paper think about that so to your point you're right i mean you know, everything is online. So you're, you're spending a lot of time online on social media that takes you into this realm of just being distracted and of being overstimulated again, because to check your kids' grades, you have to go online. And, you know, everything's online. And, you know, there's a lot to be said about technology, but I think you're right, Yolanda. Te- you know, technology has, you know, really done a number on us. I think that's part of the norming that has taken place. Technology has really amplified this norming about us needing to perform. Because here it is, you know, you got a text message. You better remember to do what a text message says. I mean, I forgot that I need to register my daughter for her bus. Seriously. Mm-hmm. But just think about it. If you're getting two, three, four, five emails a week from your school, you're getting emails from school. You know, those things are the norming things that take place. It's like, oh, you didn't get, you didn't check the email. No, there's like how many from the school? Or however many from work or whatever. So you can easily see how overwhelmed, how easily overwhelmed our society really has become. And it makes parenting that much harder. So like you're saying, really, it's okay to step back. And that's one of the tips I wanted to give in the podcast. I'm out to them now. One of the things that we can do is put a pause. And I, I often teach, you know, about breath work. If you notice when you're doing, when you're breathing, there's a slight pause at the end. It's almost unnoticeable, but think about it, guys. If we didn't have a slight pause in our breathing when we're talking, we would all sound like this. <sighs> would hyperventilate. And honestly, in real time, I think it's what we're doing, not realizing that we're actually hyperventilating because we're going so fast. And we're just like you said, hey, tell the moms, just sit down, shake it, take a chill pill. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying, and this is, this is literature. You really have to put a pause between what's happening in your environment and your response. If you don't do that, if you don't do that, it's a nice word that we like to use. This, you're going to dysregulate. You're going to check out. You're going to check out and lose your cool with your kids. You're going to check out and, you know, forget to do really important things. So I'm really saying here, if you're trying to keep up with what society wants you to do, if you keep up with the norming moms, you're not going to be helping yourself and you're not going to be helping your kids as they go back to school. So the tips I want to also leave with you is to step back, pause. It's okay to not do three and four different activities during the week. Oh, and here's the next tip. It's okay to ask for help. A lot of times, you know, um, I find too, as a mom, when I was going back to school with my kids, I didn't feel like I can ask my teachers for help or ask my, my um, I didn't feel like they were a resource. But Yolanda, would you say that teachers are resources for you? I believe they are. And I've had teachers, I mean, I've had parents um, say, well, I didn't, I wasn't able to, or I wasn't, I'm like, oh, it's fine. Because most of the time we have, some extra somewhere and the child is not going to be left without so Mm -hmm. if if it's just that bad i was all i was the teacher who went and bought up you know with the the 10 cent notebooks and things like that so i always had extras laying around and there were times where moms would come in and 
they just, I just don't have it to, I didn't have it to purchase. I got what I could. I'm like, fine. It's okay. I have a folder. I have, you know, a notebook. So the child will be fine, you know, and, and, and usually as the year came by, they would, you know, purchase the items that they could afford. So teachers can be resources and you're right. Asking for help, being vulnerable, letting someone know, even, even at the school, they have, sometimes they have supplies there, uh, extra backpacks or uniform shirts or whatever. Talk to the guidance counselors at the school counselor. They don't call them guidance counselors anymore. Talk to the school counselors, talk to the social workers, you know, let them know what's happening because I've, I've witnessed, you know, school counselors putting together backpacks or, you know, getting together uniforms that were gently used or even sometimes knew that parents donated. So those resources are there at the schools. Just ask or just let someone know that, you know, there's some problems happening or not even problems. Maybe there's just a shortage for this, you know, during this time of year. And typically, the children are able to be provided for, or they can guide you also to a resource to help with those items as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as a matter of fact, that takes me right into um, talking about other resources in the community. Um, And of course, I want to mention that, you know, at New Beginning Healing Institute, you know, we have a Women's Connection Collective and we meet once a month. And this group has just taken on a whole life of its own and um, it's evolving. It's, man, it's evolving. Is it evolving? Um, we meet once a month. Um, if you would like to participate, you know, just go on to Eventbrite page and uh, just sign up. It's by donation or nothing at all. So it's not a charge for this group. It's literally free. And the other women in the group, they donate to support women who want to come in the group. Don't you just like that idea? Say, hey, you want to come? There are women in that group that are paying it for just because they want this group to keep going. Really excited about the love and the warmth in this group by the women that are there. Um, if you probably saw on our page um, last week, Saturday, we had we had a group meeting last week, and man, the outcome, the engagement, the plans that they have, the plans that they're making. I just, you know, it's like I'm in the middle. It's like I don't even do much anymore. It's amazing. So we have as a resource at New Beginning Healing Institute where women can get together once a month. Um, it is structured to to a degree, meaning that I do provide education in the group. Why? because we're always teaching about social and emotional skills and support. So how moms and women can become more skillful in managing their own emotions. And of course, making sure that, you know, they're the best parent that they can be to their children. So we're very big about that. And I want to share with you some other resource. And then Yolanda, close out. I want to talk about you as a resource um, for tutoring. Cause I know as moms, I now remember, you know, I need tutoring for my son, you know, um, <laughs> when, when he had a 504 plan or he had an IEP or something like that. I want you to close out with that. But before we do, let me just share some other resources here. Um, I have my phone open here. I did find them earlier. So there is, and if you're in West Palm Beach, listen to this podcast, Journey Church, Lake Worth, um, Lower Lake Worth, I'm sorry, Lake Worth has um, back to school supplies. And, um, and matter of fact, one in particular, which I'm very sensitive to is for, you know, persons who have foster children in foster care. Um, Journey Church Lake Worth is only foster care children can get free school supplies. I like that a lot. I like that a lot, that they're specifying um, the need for, you know, foster care children. Also, the first Seventh-day Adventist Church of West Palm Beach, which is on Summit Boulevard, um, they also have supplies for back to school. So I'm giving these names out. You can contact them. So the first one was Journey Church. That's Lake Worth. And the second one is First Seventh-day Adventist Church. Now, of course, these are the ones I'm about to list now are ones that we're accustomed to, like the Urban Youth Impact, you know, United Way. Um, there's another one I'd like to list too, which is uh, perhaps um, in West Palm for persons who are in maybe centralized that area. It's called Found Cares Back to School Health Fair. Um, and then one more, Grace Episcopal Church. So if you listen to this podcast and you want me to like send this out, just let me know. I'll type it in the chat. And I can always send this back out. So you have a few places in Lake Worth and West Palm Beach. Um, Urban Youth Impact is a big one. They do back to school stuff all the time. And they started this weekend on into next week. So contact them because they're giving out free supplies and, you know, back to school backpacks and that kind of thing. So, and of course, consider us here at NBHI. You know, we have um, space, uh, keeping a safe space for women um, to become stronger and their better selves. With that, so Yolan, let's just wind this down and 
And tell us about, you know, how you are a support now outside the classroom. Um, 2021, I had this epiphany about tutoring students um, outside of the classroom because during COVID, you know, we were pivoting from virtual learning to in-class, in-person learning. And then we were kind of like hybrid where we had some home and some in school. And there was such a deficiency in students reading and math skills. And so I was staying after school one day tutoring some students at the school. And um, I just thought to myself, what if I could do this, you know, to reach more children on, on my own? And um, no sooner than that, a friend of mine came and asked, do you have, would you mind taking a student for me? She was already tutoring um, and she had overbooked. So she asked me what I take on a student. So I was like, oh my gosh, okay, yeah. And um, I took that one student and that one student turned into like 30 students. And um, this past year, 2022, in May of 2022, I decided to take a leap of faith, leave the classroom and run my tutoring business full time. I have been a full time entrepreneur um, for a little over a year. It has been an exciting journey. I get to service children from kindergarten. I've serviced all the way up to 12th grade and usually reading and math, but I have also tutored some in science and civics and social studies. And it's just been a journey. And so that resource for me, um, offering to parents has been life-changing, not just for me, but for many, many families. They've seen growth in their student achievement, their confidence, because really that's what I am aiming to do is build their confidence because when they believe that they can do it, they can. Um, mm -hmm. It might take some time. It might take some hard moments, but I always tell my students, you can do hard things. So mm -hmm. <laughs> it doesn't matter that it's hard. You can do hard things because that's one of the things that they love to say it's hard. I'm like, but you can do hard things. So it's fine. So my goal has been to build the confidence in my learners and to target specific skills that I see that there's a need for and and guide them towards mastery in that. And so that's just been my journey over the last a year and a few months. And I'm a, I'm super excited about, you know, what's to come for me um, as a full-time entrepreneur, as a mom, as an educator. Um, I get to talk on places like this and I've been on another couple of podcasts. And so I'm just excited about, you know, how things are lining up for me, because I do believe that it was something I was called to do, not something that I just chose to do, because I, you wouldn't have caught me on anybody's podcast a few years ago, because <laughs> I just didn't like how I, I didn't like my voice. I didn't like how I sounded and you and I talked about that before. And so, um, using my voice and and that is where um the their the empowerment lies and to my children i give them these nuggets you can do hard things give yourself grace it's okay you know all of the things that i've learned i give them to even my youngest students because i want them to know that there's gifts on the inside of them that they can push forward so it's not just the academics um it's not just about the money it is strictly about giving them the confidence that they need to push forward. Absolutely. Listen, I love your voice. I've told you over the years that I love to hear you talk. And I'm certain that the listeners love to hear your voice as well. And I have to tell you, just listening to you this evening, I am so encouraged by you. You know, reciprocity is not a joke. And I thank you so much. And I just want to give you a round of applause for you being with me this evening and with our listeners. Thank you so much. And if you don't mind, can you type in the chat for me um, where we can find you, where others can find you? Because you are a resource. And because when this podcast gets released, that information shows up on Podbean, a different chat okay. that takes place. So if you can type in the, the message below there, can you see the space where to do that? I can. I can. Let me copy Very good. the one. I'm going to put my link tree um, yes, link in, in there, there, and then that will link you to all of my social media. That will link you to everything that um, I am currently doing. So I will put that in the chat. Just one second. Here we go. Yeah, go ahead. And while she's doing that, I'm going to play this. Oh, she is, she is right there. Very good. 
So, Miss Yolanda Duguay, did I get it right? Yes, you did. Thank Gold you so much. You. <laughs> <laughs> okay, teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I we love never it. Take I love it off. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I thank you so much for being on with us this evening. I I'm pretty sure you'll be back. Um, to talk some more about tutoring and um, providing support to students and building confidence. I'm certain that sometime in the future we'll have to collaborate again. So one more time, thank you so much and uh, have a great rest of the weekend. Thank you so much. Thank you, dear. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you. You got it. You got it. And to our listeners of Healing of the Heart, thank you so much for being with us this evening. I learned a lot from Miss Yolanda Duque. And uh, I don't know, I'm, in talking to her, I'm reminded that I need to go um, register Elizabeth to make sure she has a bus, you know, for school coming up. Um, so I really am reminded and I, I'm also supported too. So thank you so much, guys. Have a wonderful evening and I'll see you in two weeks. Ciao. When I was in Europe, I learned this word, ciao. So bye, guys. Take care. <laughs>